Hello, everybody, and welcome to Embracing Your Sphere of Influence podcast. This is a place where you are going to meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change. And today we have with us Jennifer Lomberg. Jennifer is a Christian psychic, energy healer, speaker, and an author, and a very busy woman, author of Embodied Grace. Jennifer Lomberg struggled with the pain and debilitating anxiety that came from a life of negative thinking and self-doubt. Why are so many people unhappy? Is a life of joy and abundance unrealistic? And many of us ask that. Now, Jennifer is a leader in the self-discovery movement. She is passionate about sharing her story of transformation and how anyone, regardless of their circumstances and challenges, can begin today to create the life they've always dreamed of. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome. Hey, Alexa. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds so good when she says it. <laughs> It I always helps that. to have somebody because it's, you know, so interesting to the person reading it. It's like, wow, a Christian psychic. You know, I have to ask about that oxymoron. Right. Tell me how that works. Right. <laughs> I haven't I know. seen that I, before, I so that I'm curious. We met, I was like, total oxymoron, isn't it? Because it doesn't it sound is. like those two things go together at all. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely. You think we you think we've come farther in our society, but really, in some ways, we haven't. So that's ex- especially uh, interesting. And I saw that first off. I'm like, what? <laughs> I've got to talk to this woman. So tell <laughs> us about it. So, I, so I have to tell you, it's so funny. Either people are intrigued, or they immediately are ready to pray for me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. But the funny thing is, is, is here's the here's what it really is. I was born with these gifts that I had no idea what to do with. Um, and of course, when I was little, I had no idea that there was anything wrong, right? <laughs> and so right. Um, I grew up this way. I was born this way, but I was also raised in the church. You know, my mom taught Sunday school. I eventually taught Sunday school myself, all of these things. And so growing up, I had no idea that, that the gifts I had were gifts even, or that other people didn't have the same, like, I didn't know other people didn't see Jesus and the angels just like I did. Like, I thought everybody did, right? Because in church, right. we sang the songs, he walks with me and talks with me. So I'm like, well, yeah, he's right there. Of course he yeah. walks with us and talks with us. Oh, and so that's wow. really kind that of so cool. my story. Yeah. And... um. The interesting thing is, um, you know, in, in the intro you just talked about, you the, the, I mean, it was debilitating to be afraid, and I had so much anxiety that people would find out who I really was, right? Because yeah. you're not supposed to be psychic. But the difference is, I grew up in a church where we really didn't have a context or really didn't discuss spiritual gifts. And so the older that I've gotten and the more research I've done, and even my own walk, you know, with my spirituality and with everything that's, that's happened, um, it really is one of those things where you've got to get to the point where if you and God are good, nothing else matters. And I had this one pivotal moment where I was like, you know what? And I threw my hands up and I was, 
in my basement almost crying. And I'm like, you did this to me. So either show me what to do or take it away. <laughs> you know, and I had prayed for years for it to be taken away. But in that instant, um, I was shown that I needed to be brave about it and I needed to accept all of it and I needed to talk about it. You know, it takes great courage to be to be a Christian and to have these kinds of abilities. How did you build that courage? I mean, how did you how did you begin this process in your community of so, just letting people know who you were? Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, you know, like I said, I've always been this. So my my closest family knew. And when I, when I quote unquote, my daughter used to get so frustrated when I would say came out of the closet as being psychic. (laughs) She's like, mom, that just sounds bad. (laughs) Like, well, I mean, you, you really kind of went through that because you had to really be bold enough to embrace who you were. A lot of the people that I knew weren't surprised. (laughs) So I I wasn't doing as good of a a job hiding it as I thought I was. Um, But that being said, it just came to the point where I had told my kids over and over and over, if you and God are good, nothing else matters. Because I really believe that. I really believe this life that we're in is really meant to have a spiritual connection to it and a spiritual purpose to it, right? And so right. I really was truthful in that. And I remember, you know, drilling that into my kids and saying, if you and God are good, like, that's what matters. And I remember telling them the funny feeling in their stomach was the funny feeling. It was the Holy Spirit trying to lead their way, you know, and all of these things. And I'll never forget, I was doing the dishes, and I, I can't remember. My kids were talking about some kind of gossip at school, and I can't remember if it involved one of them or, or what. But I said, well, you know, and they both at the same time said, we know, Mom. If you and God are good. Nothing else matters. <laughs> And that came back and almost slapped me in the face because I thought, I'm not being authentically myself. And so I had already been kind of on this journey of discovering myself because, again, the anxiety and and just feeling like life wasn't good enough. You know, like we came from a small town and a lot of people, you know, there's money struggles and those kind of things. And so it was like everywhere I looked, I was like, is there is joy even possible? Like, can joy and abundance really be? A reality, right? So I had already started doing this inner work myself, and I was reading all the books, and I was, you know, doing all the things that the guru said, and I was doing the Bible studies and all of these things, and I just, it it was like there was all really good pieces, but nothing really locked it together, and then there was one specific Bible study that I did, and I had this huge aha moment that negativity was what was holding me back. And so then I started looking at that and I thought, well, now what does this mean? So then I started researching negativity and negative people and negative habits and all of these things. So I found more books and more gurus and, you know, all of this amazing stuff. And I I realized that negativity is actually, it's just like anything else. It can be passed down and it can be learned, right? So it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have a good life, but I had this inner thing in the back of my head, this inner, which now I call the nasty little mean girl, this little inner voice. They said, well, it's never going to be good enough. You're never going to really have everything you want, right? Your house is never clean enough. You're never wow. proper enough. You're not a good enough Christian, right? So all of these right. things, this negative stuff that we, and we all, I think on some level, all of us have something like that in the background. Yes. Yes. So when I really realized that, that's kind of when I went on this whole journey. And then, 
And then, of course, I had the breakdown of, if you know, you did this to me, so if you want me to use this, you've got to show me what to do. And in that moment, it was like the doors burst wide open. I had spirit all over in my room, in, in the, the living room where I was at. I had like a basement living room office area, and it was all filled up with spirit. And um, then it was just like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> and so <laughs> I've been listening to that ever since, and that led me into um, – I was already like, I was doing, I was an herb specialist. So I was already helping people with their physical health. So it led me from kind of like a health coaching type thing. Like, and I'm, I'm not a certified health coach or anything, but I, I had that health aspect where I could help you figure out what herbs, vitamins, minerals that you needed that might support your body. Um, and then it was just natural for me to kind of then, um, I started asking my guides and saying, okay, now what? And then the life coaching certification came in. And then neuro-linguistic programming came in. And the next thing I know, I'm like, okay, I'm seeing, they're setting me up for this. And then they said, oh, you're going to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me about the book. (laughs) I wrote a book. So Embodied Grace, A Woman's Path to Empowerment is the book that I wrote. And basically what it is, is as I was going through all of these processes myself, Um, You know, as I was going through, wow, you know what? Negative thinking really plays a part. Wow, it's really hard to learn how to change the way you think. It's a really deep pattern that really needs to be worked on. And then I started learning about, you know, gosh, how do I take care of myself so that as I make these changes, I can really become new and concrete and I can really lock them into my life, right? And then I'm doing all these, the certification and the, the learning. And as I was doing the life coaching, of course, you learn how to life coach yourself, right? So I'm doing the things that I'm learning so that I can learn to make my life better too. And then I was like, you know what? The gurus all leave out the plain and simple, how do I do this? And I would say, okay, I just read this book and it's great. Like they're telling me to be happy, but okay, how? So I decided to write this book and I just did very simple. It's, It's just some basic steps to get you started on your own path to empowerment, on your own path to changing your life, on your own path to changing the way you think. Because when you start doing those things and when you start to really learn how to take care of yourself and nurture yourself and be authentic with who you are, that's when you can really start to create change. That's incredible. Well, now when you're helping people, what sorts of things do you do with them one-on-one when you're being a coach? Okay, so when I'm in the life coaching role, um, I actually am, am not even offering one-on-one anymore. I've just changed everything over to a group coaching program, um, but we go over exactly what I was just saying, and I start at the very, very beginning. So my life coaching program is really detailed and really specific, and it gives you great how-tos, and if my how-to doesn't work for you, we figure out how-to for you. <laughs> that makes Good. Sense. Because, great. you know, everybody's different, like... And just think, right. think about basic math, like math, right? Like in high school, the way the kids learn math, it, it doesn't even remotely look the way that I know how to do math, but we can both get to the same answer. That's right. right? So the same That's thing right. for life coaching is like when we learn, you know, what is your dominant limiting belief? What is really holding you back? Then we learn how do you unlearn that? And there's so many different tools. And so I teach all kinds of different tools and techniques to be able to get you to retrain your thoughts. But I offer more than one because that one thing may not work for everybody, right? So I'm like, here's all these tools right. in the toolbox or all these colors in the crayon box. Which one do you like the best? Which one's going to work for you the best? 
Excellent. And do you do psychic readings for people one-on-one? Do you do that? I do. Yes, I do offer the psychic readings. So I offer um, both readings and light or readings and um, energy work. So it just depends on what, like what you kind of need. Um, And sometimes you don't know. So sometimes the sessions end up being a little bit of both. Okay. I would think so. You're always coaching along the line anyway. Right. So how did many of your, how do Christians handle you today? I mean, do you find that you have some backlash from this? So I have, it's really, it's really funny. I have to share this one story. I I have this lady that I connected with on Facebook and it was so cute because she's like, I would totally work with you, but you're Christian. (laughs) Oh, the other way. (laughs) And she's, she's Buddhist. And then I get the other ones who are like, oh, I would totally work with you, but you're psychic. I just don't know about that. You know what I mean? So I kind of get it from both sides. The interesting thing is, I think spirit is waking up so many people on such a big level. And there are so many Christian women that I know that are like, okay, I have these things happening to me. And I think that the spirit, you know, world is trying to talk to me and I'm terrified. I don't know who to talk to. And that's kind of where my sweet spot comes in because like, those women need to know that they're not doing anything wrong. They need to know that it's okay to have these gifts. And they need to know that if they've been awakened, it's probably for a reason, right? There's probably a spiritual purpose behind it. And there's no reason to be afraid, right? So right. Um, I, I don't try to, I'm, I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm not, it doesn't matter what religion you are. I'm still happy to help you. Um, I'll still give you readings. I don't try to convince anybody they need to be any religion i value and respect all religions um that being said i just happen to be christian because that's what feels right to me and that's what i grew up with and that's what i i like and i you know i did go to church um we've moved so i haven't found a church up here yet but i still have a pastor that i consider my pastor that's in colorado and um you know i love going to church because i love the community of it um i love the lessons like the bible has some really valuable lessons I've told my kids again, this is one of those things where it's like, that Bible is like a, it's like a, your operation manual, you know, like you buy a new phone and you get a booklet that tells you how to operate it. And you, you know, you buy a new um, gaming console, you get, or a new computer, whatever you get, like even your coffee pot, you get an operation manual with it of how you're supposed to, you know, how it works. And so to me, that's what I feel like the Bible is. I feel like it's a great reference point. It's got great information in there for us that's great i like how you incorporate all the different aspects and how how the negativity or how it can come from both sides i mean when you're buddhist you're buddhist right and you just don't think any you have any any connection with a christian and vice versa it's amazing how we've blocked ourselves into these little spaces that it has to be this way and it can't be that way and I, mm. I agree with you. I think spirits opening us up to a much larger vision of ourself, which uh, you are certainly here to produce. So tell me about angels. I'm always fascinated with angels. How do you work with them? You know, I love the angels. And I think I just feel so, like, like I said, I've seen them since I was little. And so to me, it just kind of comes naturally. But the angels are here for everybody. Um, the interesting thing is if we don't let them know that we want help from them, they really can't do a whole lot because we, they have to honor our free will. 
And so right. I think a lot of that we don't understand, like it talks about angels in the Bible, but we don't really understand that they are really here to help us. That's so right. they're willing to help. And again, Jesus and the angels, they're not worried about religion. <laughs> if you, if you need help, <laughs> they will help you. Right. You know, Jesus isn't going to come and say, oh no, you didn't go to the right church. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah, I'm sorry. Answer, right? I can't work with you. Right. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> not going to do it. No, I mean, that's yeah. not how it works. Like he really has this, it's, it's such an amazing thing because, like, in the metaphysical community right now, they're talking about the Christ consciousness. So what is that? It's love, right? Christ is love. It, we're told that over and That's over. Right. And so they they will help you. So for somebody that doesn't know, all you have to do is, you know, just pray and ask, you know, and ask however that is for you. Like, I would say, you know, Father God, please send Jesus and the angels and let them help me. You know, you could say universe, you could say source, whatever it is for you that makes sense and works. Um, but you just ask and just ask the angels to, to help you with whatever the situation is. Even if it's please direct my path and let me see the next step to take or please help me meet that person that's going to help me learn something new to change my life or make my business better or whatever it is like Angels are really here to help, and the angelic realm is so abundant and so ready to help us as humans, right? Like, I think that's the biggest thing. God didn't stick us down here to be all on our own. <laughs> like, we have help. Right. We just got to know to ask for it. That's right. And we do. We feel so alone, especially in this day and age, when we're dividing up more and more. There's just this loneliness that I think encompasses so many people. Which leads me to the next question. Why is it that people hate to get out of their comfort zone? I mean, this has been a topic I've had going for about three weeks. Why do you think people have a hard time getting out of their comfort zone? Well, the comfort zone is, is just that, right? It's comfortable. It's hard to get out because it, it doesn't feel good, right? It's uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> and, so, and it's scary because the unknown is unscary or the unknown is scary. And so you've got all of these factors that you don't know, and you don't know what's going to happen when you get out there and you don't know what it's going to look like and you don't know what to do about it. And you don't know how to feel about it and all of these things. And it's like, it's just too hard. I'll just stay where I'm at. That's right. Right. I mean, and, and unfortunately that happens for a lot of people or they try and it's, it gets so hard or they, they try to do something different. And, you know, then you get that, then you get the outside people. Well, what makes you think you're so special? Oh, of course. <laughs> right? Because, of course. So, I mean, have to it, have so we're getting it on all levels. You can get it from from your own mind saying, you know, are you sure you can do this? And then you get it from the outside people, um, you know, like, well, do you really want to do that? Is that really what you think is best for you? And you know what I mean? And it's interesting because I always tell people the thing about being authentic with yourself is you've got to find what really makes your heart sing. And I'll tell everybody, it doesn't matter if you want to be a bartender or if you want to be a brain surgeon, because I can guarantee you they both are important and you can flip flop it either way. You know, if you come from a lower income place, you may hear you're never going to be a brain surgeon. You're never going to make it to school. You'll never be able to do that. Right. Right. Or if you flip flop it and you really enjoy bartending, but you come from an elite family, they're going to be like, well, that's, that's not in your, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's below you. That's below your pay grade. You know what I mean? Like, we've got to let go of all that crap. And let's just be who we are and enjoy it. You know, and let's just really learn to embrace life and make it make it fun and make it spiritual and make it 
where you really do follow what makes you happy in your gut and follow and be in the moment, right? Because that's kind of where the good stuff is. Exactly. You know, and in that same vein, people go through major transitions in life, you know, something big happens and say something really bad happens and it changes everything like my motorcycle accident. And, and so you, I've noticed how people, their lives have changed. The path is now different. It will never be the same that it was. And what I hear a lot is I don't know how to do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, usually there are people who are highly intellectual that were able and had constructed a life, had constructed great success. And here they are in this new path. And that feeling, I don't know what to do next. I, I just don't know what to do. I don't even begin to know where to start. What would you say mm-hmm. to them? Honestly, I would say start where you are. Because you've got to be, if you're in that space, you've got to be in a place where you're authentic with yourself going, you know what? I know I'm supposed to feel like I'm in control, but I'm not. And I have no idea where to go from here. And then that's when you're like, once you can just accept, you know what, this is where I am. And I feel like everything just got turned out of the apple cart. And I don't know which apple to pick up first. That's right? right. So what would you do? You would start with just one. Just pick up one. Okay. So that's where we would start is right where you're at. What's going on right now? And what is the most critical in this moment to help you get back on track or get your apples back in the cart. So really it is coming back to the moment because you can feel that your whole life is shattered and there's, there really are 200 apples to pick up that need to be picked up now and worked on. But all you can do is what's in this moment. It's all you can work on. So it's really picking up one little apple at a time, isn't it? And knowing that that's enough. Ah, right. Giving yourself permission to say, you know what? One apple today is enough. (laughs) Right. You've got to be in that space that you know that that's enough and give yourself permission to only get done what you can and know that everything's going to be okay. Because, you know, in that situation, especially where faith comes in big time. That's right. You know, you've got to have that faith that everything's going to be okay. That's a big piece of that, is faith, being in the moment, and just one step at a time. That is excellent. getting clear on what you want, too, right? Like, do you really want to rebuild everything to exactly the way it was? Or is part of the reason you don't know what to do is because maybe you really don't want that anymore. Maybe priorities are changed, and maybe things might look a little different. If they're going to look a little different, but you don't know what that's going to look like, you've kind of got to be in a place of, okay, well, what do I really want? You know, that's a good point. And I've, what I've noticed of people who've gone through major transitions, they try to make their life look like it did before, but you can't. You can never go back. And that's one thing that I think some of this is great for is it starts you on a new path and you have no choice but to go down this path or, or die, right? Or sit in right. bitterness and let the negativity say, consume yeah. you because you can't get back. You can't get back what you had. It's gone. It's over. Right. So, yeah. And then sometimes not even knowing what you want takes time. That's an apple to pick up. But it it, it comes. It comes. Well, and that's a huge one. Like, a lot of times, uh, and a lot of the clients that I've worked with over the years literally are like, you know, I I know I want to make these changes. I'm like, well, what do you want? And they're like, "I I have no idea. I don't know what I want. It's okay to be there, too. It's okay to not know what you want because... 
sometimes when you're in that space, you're just kind of stuck. So that's okay. But again, you would start where you are. What don't you want anymore? Like, I don't want this. I don't want to be sick and tired anymore. I don't want to be broke anymore. I don't want to be whatever it is, right? So once right. you figure out all of those, and it's so funny because everybody, you know, there's so much stuff out there now, like, you know, the the books of, you know, don't think negative and use the affirmations and blah, 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 blah. And that, well, right. that's great. Like, don't get me wrong. That stuff is great. But when you don't know what affirmation exactly. to use or if you're yes. using an affirmation that doesn't resonate, it's not going to help you. It doesn't work, does it? And then they can say, mm-hmm. see, I knew that stuff wouldn't work. Right. Exactly. Just picking yeah. up anything. Right. Right. There, there's so a little bit more uh, science to this than meets the average eye. It's just not picking five affirmations and saying them 200 times a day. It, it right. really goes a whole lot deeper than that. And it takes some work. Definitely. Well, Jennifer, I could talk to you about this stuff for hours. Tell me, where can people find out more about you? Um, probably the fastest place is on my website. So it's just www.jenniferlonberg.com, which is, you know, obviously just my name. And then Facebook, I do a lot on Facebook. Um, but the website for sure would probably be the fastest way. And everybody, Jennifer spells her last name Lonberg, L-O-N-N-B-E-R-G, Lonberg. And you are on Facebook. You have a presence there, right? I do, yes. Yep, I have a business page there, and it's Jennifer Lonberg, author, speaker, psychic. I think it's how it's, how it's Excellent. Well, and they can also get, and I just was noticing you have angel card and fairy readings. And it's so yes. cool. So if they wanted yeah. one of those, they would find that on your website, right? On the, yes, on the website, and it's under consultations. And your book, obviously, you can get it on your website, but where else could people go? Amazon? Where, where you know, Amazon, yeah, I'm a, Amazon is the best place to get my book. It's in a few stores in Denver. Um, depends on if they're local or not. Um, there's a store in Denver called Calling All Angels. They have my book there. And um, Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, which is also, they're both in Littleton. Uh, but Amazon's by oh. far the easiest way to get it. Are you located in Littleton? I am not, but I've worked at both of those stores. <laughs> I didn't know um, that. Yeah, I, I knew you were in Colorado. I just, we never talked about it. And I'm in Denver and I thought, I've never heard of those stores. But it's, yeah. I'm a ways from Littleton. Yeah. Totally worth the drive, though. They're both amazing yeah. stores. <laughs> great, great, Jennifer. Hey, listen, I thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to you. I want to ask you one quick question that I don't want to spend much time on because I to wrap this show up. But a question that I ask everybody is, what is influence to you? What does that mean to you? You know, influence to me personally, um, I think it's one of those words where you're like, because you like, you don't want somebody to tell you what to do, right? Right. So right. influence to me is allowing people to discover for themselves what they want for themselves. Excellent. Okay, great. That's really different. I love it. Thank you so much, (laughs) Jennifer. Hey, I hope to have you on again. And until we speak again, keep putting those angels and fairies out there, okay? We all need as much as we can get. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. Jennifer. Have a great day.
restore your health and become essentially germ-free? Scalar Light serves to break apart the molecular bonds of viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites in your body. Only a photograph of a person is needed in order to be treated with Scalar Light and eradicate germs from your body. Visit the website freescalar.net and upload your photograph as well as the photographs of your family. Everyone will receive 15 days of free Scalar Light treatments and your germs will be eradicated by the painless and simple Scalar Light process. People from around the world have experienced the benefits of Scalar Light healing and the testimonies prove just how effective this groundbreaking treatment really is. Visit freescalar.net to get started or call our support desk at 1-800-345-9851 for additional information. That's freescaler.net or toll free everybody and welcome to embracing your sphere of influence podcast this is a place where you will meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change today we have an amazing guest her name is gabriella van ray now she began her life as an orphan in pakistan And without the determination and kindness of two strangers, she would have never been adopted into her new family. Today, she's the founder of, excuse me, of hashtag Dare to Be Kind movement. She's a kindness expert. She's also well acclaimed of keynote speaker. And she's got this brave, compassionate voice, which she brings to businesses, universities, corporate training events, School assemblies, community centers, places of worship, network shows, it go, the list goes on. And it's all about motivating, inspiring, challenging, and providing the groundwork for lasting progress. And this is certainly a highly influential woman. She's also an acclaimed author of three books, With All My Might, I Can't Find My Might, which is her second part self-help book and her latest one is watch your delivery one thing gabriella says that we as a society have dropped our ball on human kindness and she asks everyone to help them pick it up because it only takes one moment one person one kindness and it's all it takes to help somebody go from a negative place to a positive place Thank you so much, Gabriella, for being with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, listen, I want to start. Before you get into all your amazing insights and influential strategies, let's take a quick look at your professional journey. Um, In just a few minutes, 
Tell us where you started from and how did you get where you are today? By pure persistence. (laughs) (laughs) It's what it takes, doesn't it? That's what it takes, especially as a woman. And we can just open the, the, the news just to know that women still struggle today. And which is kind of sad that we do, but I'm glad that we're making big strides in uh, in this 21st century. Yeah. And uh, we will see a change in our lifetime. So yes, we will. That is, yes. <laughs> so honestly, my my career, I have always tried to do things that I'm passionate about. So I've never felt that it was that career driven because if you do what you love, then it it's just not work anymore. And right. of course, I've had jobs that I disliked and I wasn't a very good waitress when I was younger because um, the platters were too heavy. <laughs> um, so there are things I'm definitely not good at, but... Honestly, if I had to say anything, I would say persistence. Persistence is what got me there and not listening to your friends telling you that you cannot do it. Oh, that's a good piece of advice. Huge (laughs) piece. We have too many naysayers in our life sometimes. You know, Gabriella, how did you narrow it down to kindness? How did you get to this place where you started a whole movement around it, because it is one thing that is so very much needed in our world today is kindness. And you you brought it to us in a nutshell. How did you get there? Well, I mean, why? Just what you're thinking. I, I, there's just one word I think that we need to use is the word outcast. When uh. we human being feel that we're not human anymore, when we feel so unworthy and so dehumanized, we have nothing. And I'm not talking about material things. You you could be the richest person financially, but somehow you're outcasted. Somehow you get isolated. And the truth is when human beings, which let's be honest, we're very social and we need the social part to interact with each other because the truth is we need each other. And when we get, for whatever reason, whether it's an adoption, whether it's because of your sexual orientation, whether it is because you've done something bad in your life that you're not proud of, whatever it is, there are moments in your life where you're suddenly, you find yourself not belonging to anything. And in those moments, I think they, they define you. It is in those moments that you need that one moment, that one person, that one kindness to pull you by the bootstraps and to pull yourself back up. And you need that person. And sometimes, honestly, it's just the hand on my shoulder of a teacher that gave me that encouragement to think by myself, oh, my gosh, I'm not so, such a dumbo, you know, I'm, uh, I can do it. I'm intelligent after all, you know, those moments that you, you know, and, and like I said, the, the, I don't really want to get into 
the level of, of loneliness, of outcast, of isolation, because it's different for everyone. And that's why I use the three different words, right? Belonging, outcast, and isolation, because it's different for anyone. That's but right. if you think of it, we are all one paycheck away from being homeless, and we're one family member away from being an orphan. And if you understand that principle, it can happen to all of us. It can happen to us that we're suddenly that isolated, that we need that friend and we can't find the person. And that is basically where, where I've been in my life. I've been in situations that I got myself into, but also situations where I was so harassed that I didn't feel worthy. So sometimes it's due to yourself, to your own limitations that you set on yourself. Sometimes it's due to your environment. But no matter what the cause is, the feeling stays the same. And boy, do we all wish that we had that one person to step it up for us. And that has basically become my life's work where I say, you know, if you take your pain and you make it into your greatest strength, then you know what? You are your cause's best ally. Right. Oh, I am my cause's best ally because I say, okay, I know what I went through. Let's make sure that this doesn't happen to any boy or girl. And I say that on purpose because I'm passionate about children. Let's not make this happen to, to them. And let's then not become such a frustrated society. What we see today on television, I, I think we yes. are so unhappy. We're so frustrated. And there I will end my sentence with my quote, nobody strikes coming from a positive place. Nobody. Nobody. You're right. And that, that is incredible. Uh, I think when we go through betrayals, I know I went through a, a harsh betrayal and really it took me two and a half years to pull out of because of exactly what you're saying the isolation and the pain. And I think so much of our society has been, you know, lifetimes of betrayal and hurts. And now it's all exploding. And it's, it's sad because all anyone needs is that touch on the shoulder, how one little touch can make all the difference. And that's all it takes, doesn't it? It really does. And what always astounds me is that when you go around and you really start talking to people, we all want the same, Lexa. We all right. want the same. I always say, I, I just flew in from Paris two days ago, and I sat there on, a, on an evening with different humanitarians from around the world and a senator from the French government. And, you know, I said it to them. There's nothing worse for any human being than to go unnoticed, unwanted, and unloved. And then somehow we are surprised that there are devastating <laughs> consequences when you feel like that. It's normal. We're human beings. We're going to react. That's right. That's right. So it, not everybody suppresses that kind of pain. The pain is now just exploding. And that's what I look at. It's just a bunch of pain, a bunch of little kids running around in adult bodies, just 
so much pain within them and feel so betrayed that they're striking out. And so this kindness movement is so huge because it is so important. I know for me, I'm like you, because of what I experienced, it is so important to me on the kindness end of the compassionate piece. So when I saw your profile, I'm like, oh, Lord, above. (laughs) I can have you on every week. We can talk about this because it's so important. How did you grow this thing? I mean, I know it was persistence, but it's, it's, you've got quite a big movement going, don't you? Yes. But one of the important thing is I, I started, uh, where I guess I excel the best, which is about harassment, isolation, not belonging. And so I went out of that uh, start in my own life as one of the first cross-cultural adoptees in the world. I said, okay, I'll start there. I'll write a book about it so that people understand where I'm coming from and that you are not your story, right? Even though we think we are, we're not. And we're so not. if we start from the basis that we are all born with innate kindness and that somehow it's kind of, and I'm going to say this kind of funny, it's somehow kicked out of us <laughs> very early in life. You know what I mean? Yes, and it is. By competition and suddenly our parents say, stop playing at school. This is serious. You need to get really good grades already in grade two, three, <laughs> because you want yes. to Harvard. Yeah. How yes. This is so right on. Oh, my God. How sad. Right? Yes. And, and I don't think we understand it as children, but we are so smart. And children do know that we want to please And so to please our parents, we start being these nasty little human beings. And we don't live by example. And when I talk to children, they always say, well, why can't I be nasty on social media? My parents do exactly the same. Wow. And I really do feel we've dropped the ball because our parents and they did not set the example. And I am lacking, too, in my own child's life. We did not set the example. And so um, it might sound to you that I'm some goody two-shoe, which is absolutely not true. If you could see my (laughs) eyes, I always get into trouble. (laughs) Good trouble, okay? Yeah, I know what you're saying. fun, right? But not at the expense of others but I like having fun with them and uh, I find that when you're kind and fun and engaging that contagiousness you take them with you you know that's right you drag them actually into this beautiful stuff so that's basically what I'm about and if you can show this in a really simple way, Lexa, where people say, hey, I can do that. And most people said in the beginning, oh, go home. You know, all this kindness baloney, go home. So then I came up with something, and maybe you're really, your, your listeners are maybe really interested in this. And um, I came up with, okay, you don't believe in my kindness. Okay, I get that. I, I'm okay with that. I just kind of went, okay, 
I'll go for it. And then I said, okay, but you're going to agree with me that we have to communicate. And the problem is we don't. We, we, we think we're really good communicators. But we're yeah. not. And, no. and even I, who have to communicate every single day with so many different people across the globe, I'm not always good at it either. And so I said to myself, what do we do wrong? Well, we are these little balls of, uh, full of issues, full of fears, full of God knows what. And so we're, we're kind of like a little ball of mush, right? Yes. Uh, and this little ball of mush says, hey, you were mean to me. I'm going to react to you. Um, what do you got against me, right? Like that. And then it goes on and on like this vicious, horrible cycle. And you're like, at the end of the day, I understand why people come home, turn on the television and need to binge. I think Netflix is probably the best thing that happened <laughs> because people cannot watch normal news and television anymore. And so we just, we need to tune out. And that's right. I, I do understand it, but what if we didn't have to react? What if I told you that there is an easy method to learn not to react and to go from a succinct communication into what I call Communication cannot happen without kindness, and kindness cannot happen without vulnerability. And these mm. three words are all key to the way we act and react. And by being vulnerable, I actually shift how you or someone else that is across from me reacts to the situation, right? So... Let's say that you have a colleague that's going totally wild at you in the hallway. Let them just wait for once. Just wait. Let that person talk. I know it's really hard to do. And then say, okay, I get it. You're really upset. Not sure why, but I get that you're upset. Did you have a really bad day? Can we just sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about it? You, you will see magic happens when you do that. Magic. It does. That, now, that's influence. If I've yeah. ever heard of influence, that is an incredible story. Because I, what I got stuck on, which a lot of people think, is that kindness is this mushy, mealy mouth, unrealistic type of beingness. But it's not. It's not at all. Honestly. Now, do, do you talk about this? Three, you know, the three-way concept of communication, kindness, and vulnerability in your latest book? Yes. Watch your delivery. What I did is I made it a lot of fun, which you can already tell. I love humor. So yeah. I started watch your delivery with Siri. I thought I spoke oh. <laughs> I, I thought I spoke pretty good English, but Siri apparently thinks I have a bad accent. <laughs> <laughs> And so Siri doesn't really like me. And I have this amazing manager from Iowa who I thought had an accent too, to tell you the truth. But Siri loves her. Oh, so she always jokingly says, okay, foreigner, I'll do it for you. <laughs> and then I just kind of stand there mimicking this, you know, and I do this to a machine. Can you imagine? Exactly. You can take a personal when the machine won't listen to you. So yes. Personal. And so 
I thought that theory in our world is just a really beautiful example of showing how incredibly silly and serious we take everything. So Siri is out to get me, me, Gabriella, on purpose. <laughs> Obviously it's not. I do not think that um, uh, Apple really said, oh, well, we're going to really punish everyone who has an accent. <laughs> because I travel Thank God. the States. You, you know that in Boston they have an accent in New York. Oh, right. They're beautiful accents in the U.S., right? And yes. So, um, and, and we feel kind of like we're failing when Siri doesn't get us. And I think it is that little child in us that feels, oh, my God, I didn't do it right. Ooh, even Siri doesn't get me. Mm, you know? Yes, and yes. The that we have of not being good enough is what triggers. And so I talk to people about our triggers. If, if I am very, very open about certain things, and I will say to a colleague, Listen, I know that you're a sweet human being, but I am so triggered by what you just said. Do you mind that I just, I need to run around the block for five minutes? <laughs> Good, yes, to be yeah. able to admit that, yes. But, but we have to admit it because I give you a dumb example in the boardroom, and I, I have seen this for years, and that's why I always love that I'm a freelance, that I can actually do this because... I have never felt that my livelihood depended on the job that I had. And so when, when people throw you under the bus, you know, just because you're late or you didn't hand in the document on time, you know, and your colleagues say, you know, in front of you and to the boss, well, Gabriella didn't do that. And then what do you do? You start defending yourself. And that's, that's right. a stupid position to be in. But I always say when I was supposed to do something, but I don't have it due to someone else, don't blame. Just, just say to the boss, hey, I know we were supposed to do that. Can I hand it to you at three o'clock this afternoon? Promise it's on your desk. I promise you, if you take that kind of attitude, those people that you just protected in that boardroom, you have a they have a new respect for you. You suddenly have a best friend. We are all working for the same company. And I think right. people just forget that. We, we, we're not all these little individuals. We are working for a common purpose in a company. And I think we forgot that. And the same thing in the world. When I throw a wrapper on the ground, I hope someone says, hey, Gabriela. Hey, 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 pick that up. <laughs> I do. Because we're here together. I'm always That's right. surprised. Because when you throw that first wrapper on the ground and your child sees you, they do the same. That's right. And That's do you throw the wrapper of a candy in your living room? No. Now, I do with paper, just so you know. I sit up my <laughs> I'll bunch up paper. It ends up all on the floor. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It never ends up in that little bin. Uh, never. never. <laughs> I and know. I at the end of the day. So right. I'm just saying that's what I mean with we've dropped the ball. 
we we somehow miraculously think that we have to hide behind this perfect facade. I'm not perfect. I do not want to be perfect. I do not want to talk about sugar and spice. And I definitely don't want to talk about something so personal as love and relationships because um, I'm not perfect at them. But what I do want to talk about is that we were born with innate kindness and somewhere along the way, we dropped it. And it is as easy as to put on as you do your makeup or clothes in the morning. It's that easy. But we are not doing it because we don't understand how to. And so I thought, let's create a fun, passionate, interesting way that people get with a lot of analogies for different ages and different demographics. And that's why I say dare to be kind. Because kind otherwise becomes, I, I like literally say, I dare you. I dare you to be kind to the person that's screaming at you. Yes. Yes. That's, that's difficult. That is very difficult. And whether that's your husband, your wife, your partner, or it is your boss or a stranger or someone in traffic. And I live in Los Angeles, so you can imagine the traffic. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Because I've you're been not there. going to get any faster by cutting someone off. You're not. I know. And that's true. Yeah. You know, in the context of what you're talking about, what does influence mean to you? Influence means, for me, um, I would say, may may I answer this in twofold? Sure. Influence used to mean power to me. Oh, yes. I'm very honest about that. Um, And the reason I'm saying that is I'm 4'11", Indian looking, even though I have a huge smile on my face. So I felt that influence was not always a positive word when I was younger. Of course. course. In today's world, I see it as uh, a lot of people... A lot of us, almost all of us, influence at least one other human being on this planet, even though we don't always know that. So I would say influence, and this is the second fold of the answer, influence today means to me that we have a responsibility. And I would say just as important not to endorse a product just because you're going to gain $1 from it, that's right. That whatever you do or whatever you endorse, that you try to find out what it is before you do it. Because taking back your words is difficult. So take that step, take that pause, put yourself on pause. We always think that we have to answer everyone, and it's not true. No. You're dumb, you're not stupid. If you say, Can I think about that for a second? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that to me is influence. I think you're 10 times better an influencer when you listen. We do not need to fix everyone. And many people do not want to be fixed. Many people only want to be listened to. So if you want to be an influence, 
around you. My biggest advice is you can, all of us can, and it starts by simply listening. I love that as I'm collecting the words on that. Responsibility and listening, I think, are very two powerful words that underline influence. Yes. Listening is huge. We don't like the word responsibility, huh? Can you believe it? (laughs) And yet there's so much freedom with responsibility. That dichotomy fascinates me. Yeah. Because the more responsibility, the more influential I can be. And I think kindness is a huge influencer. If I can influence you to have a better day by touching you on the shoulder or giving you a smile. Oh my gosh. If that's all it takes. Oh, I'm, I'm up for that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's about responsibility and listening. Mm-hmm. Gabriella, thank you so much. Okay. I could talk for you to you forever. And I'd like to have you back sometime would, so we can go oh, deeper. Um, but now tell people where they can find out about you. So if they do hashtag dare to be kind, they will find us everywhere. But our website is really easy. It's dare to be kind movement.com. And my personal website is Gabriella.global because my last name is unpronounceable as I'm Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> and so I made it really easy. And and we're hoping that you understand that. If you're struggling with something, and I'm just going to take the example of yesterday with Dr. Ford on television. Yes. Because she was so courageous. She Uh, was. Wasn't that great? Yeah. And whether you believe her or not is not the point. The point really that someone takes the courage to tell their story and to be vulnerable. Um, I, I just like what happened yesterday on television that so many people, she opened the floodgates for people to come out with their story. If you go to our website and you share your story, whether it is harassment, whether it is some something that you saw, whether it is a kindness that you saw and you saw the repercussions, the positive impact, anything like that, just remember, there is always someone out there that reads your story and that goes, oh, my God, how do they know that's me? And it's through that that we don't feel so alone. And it's through that that we pull ourselves back up. That's Even though right. You might be in Tokyo and I might be in L.A. And you're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you to this stranger that put this story that I needed to to read, listen, and we made it easy. Like so it's in video, audio, or written. You have no worries. We, we give you all the technology that you want. This is great. I want to really get on there and participate too, because these stories make you come alive. I know we all have a story and we yeah. all need to share it and the power of it. And, and that's healing. my deal. So healing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is amazing, Gabriella. Thank you Thank so you. much for your kindness. Um, yeah, and for your kindness and for your movement. <laughs> it, you're making a difference, and we so need that. And it just has made my day entirely to have met you. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you so much, Lexa. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 